Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Are You podcast by BiotropicLabs.com. Sports performance supplements for people who move. Use the code PODCAST20 if you want to try something out. The burden of proof is on me. And as always, a satisfaction guarantee. I've got a Who Are You today, one of my very good friends for quite some time. Very humble guy. He's not going to like this little bit of an intro here, but he's a famed financial markets trader, and his name is Courtney Smith. Hey, Courtney, thanks for showing up today and hanging out with me for a bit. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, the pleasure is going to be yours and the listeners. So listen, everybody, I'm going to do a little bit of a longer than normal intro because Courtney has really quite a background. He's a fascinating guy. I always love hanging out with this guy. I don't get enough time with him at all because he's busy traveling the world and giving lectures on financial markets, trading, investing, and things of this nature, understanding the markets, technical analysis. The guy's an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to trading, and we'll find out why because we're going to ask him how he got into this. But he has really this storied career, I think, and I know a lot of the people that he's worked with. And um, in a position to say that Courtney is actually a storied guy at this point because of all his background and experience. And he's worked with some of the titans of trading in the world. And I do mean titans. The biggest people out there have been people he's worked side by side with and have also mentored him. Very lucky guy to have that sort of background. What we're going to do today is get into his view of the current financial market conditions, how COVID-19 has affected things the lockdown, the economic lockdown, and a sharp sell-off that happened here. What was it, sometime around March-ish when we had that big hit, Courtney? Yeah, Feb, March. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in an interesting situation. They talked a lot about the V-bottom here, and we're in, we could argue, a V-bottom. We'll just, just, for the sake of discussion, say we're in a V-turnaround here that they've been talking so much about. There are caveats to that, but let's just, for the sake of discussion, say that's where we're at. But Courtney's got a view of that too. I'm wondering, is this a new bull market or is this just a correction? We'll define those terms in just a bit here. Courtney Smith is a trader, an author, a money manager, an educator, and speaker. Now, check this out. He's the only person in history to have a high-ranked mutual fund. I think a number one stock picking newsletter, is that right? That is correct. And a number one growth mutual fund in the U.S., yeah. All right. Uh, A futures newsletter, and he's run multiple hedge funds. I can't count them anymore. He's run major trading desks at big banks. Courtney, what were a couple of those big banks? Uh, Banque Paribas was uh, quite well known, head of uh, research at uh, Payne Weber and at some boutique firms as well that nobody's ever heard of. But uh, yeah, Banque Paribas was a big trading desk. Yeah, the funny thing about these so-called boutique firms that nobody's ever heard of are often some of the most powerful, smaller players, but very powerful and solid companies in this business. Now, you've also appeared on, I'm just going to, exaggerated to make the point, and maybe it's not exaggerating, <laughs> like a thousand TV shows. And I used to see you on TV before we became friends. And interestingly, you know this, in the 80s, when I was studying trading, yours was the very first book I ever read on futures spread trading. And you're the <laughs> author. It's a great book. I recommend it. You may have a view of that today. It's been a long time. Maybe you've done an update. We talk about spread trading a bit here. But CNBC, Fox Business News, Squawk Box, I've seen you all over TV doing analysis of companies and their fundamentals. You're the chairman also of a really great company that you own, the Wealth Builder LLC. And this is an organization that provides training and mentoring for individuals and institutional investors in stocks, futures, and foreign exchange, understanding, trading. Just talk about that for a second with this company, Courtney. Tell us about it. A lot of it is, you know, I go around the world and give speeches all over the place. I've given speeches now to over a million people. Uh, But, you know, for example, this year we've done events in Dubai, Thailand, Singapore. Um, Once we have booked events into Malaysia, uh, Taiwan, 
other places like that, but obviously also in the United States as well. And I'll go there, I'll give a speech, I'll teach people how to trade. We give advanced classes and beginning classes. You are devoted to building great investors. We say great investors, but there's a difference between investing and trading. And you actually can teach both of these things and they're different disciplines. With a little bit of that backdrop, you've worked with some of the titans. I, I know their names. And so again, I validate that this is so. Who are some of these titans that you've worked with? There's been a number of people. I mean, you know, obviously, if you're the head of research at a major brokerage house, you end up uh, working with a lot of famous people. But uh, I worked very closely for about 18 months with someone that you're very familiar with, Michael Marcus, who is uh, certainly one of the greatest traders of all time. And then I also spent 18 months coaching perhaps the best trader of all time, or certainly the best documented track record, which was uh, Marty Schwartz. And he made a thousand percent a year audited for seven straight years and then said, okay, I've proven I'm the best. So I've worked side by side with him for 18 months as well. Those are some of the people. Then I was the treasurer of a Swiss bank. And then, of course, if you're the treasurer of a Swiss bank, you can't even tell people who you're working with. <laughs> These two guys that Courtney has just mentioned, Marty Schwartz and Michael Marcus, are huge. And so you just heard about Marty, but let me give you just a quick side note on famed but very quiet, lives under a rock commodities trader, Michael Marcus, just a quick tidbit on him. This is a guy who took $30,000 and turned it into 80 million. This is a feat that has not been matched. He worked at a very, very storied company. Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs now owns a company <laughs> called, yeah, Courtney knows everything. <laughs> he well, does. Believe well. me, my long haul trading towns that I have to stop in and resupply at, I'm telling him about these crazy little places in the middle of nowhere. And he goes, oh yeah, I've been there. I know all about that place. This is why this guy's fascinating. He's really, really has done a lot of stuff. He's lived a full life. And even though we're going to talk about the markets and trading and all that stuff, really, truly a fascinating guy and a boatload of fun to hang out with. Well, so, so Commodities Corp is truly one of the seminal organizations in the futures trading world, for sure. And it was actually started by a couple of academics from Princeton. And they believed in the efficient market hypothesis. And then they said, well, we're going to start this organization. And it failed. So they brought in a couple of very, very famous guys, Ed Sakota and some other people who were great traders. And I believe Michael Marcus was the second group after Ed Sakota, And he turned the 30,000 into 80 million. And then I got involved with Commodities Corp in the 80s. And they allocated me millions and millions of dollars, and I traded for Commodities Corp in the 80s. Then, I forget why, but I had to give them back the money. And then I came back a few years later. I, probably I went to work for a big institution, and they, they won't let me trade on the side. I came back a few years later. I got another allocation of millions and millions of dollars, made them a bunch of money again. I then had to turn back the money to them again, okay, because of a job that I was taking on. So then eventually I came back in 1990 for the third time. And I said, okay, hi. Now I know them all really personally because I've been working with them now for 10, 15 years. Oh, Courtney, that's great. You're coming back. We'd love to give you some money. Uh, send us your recent track record. So I send them the recent track record. And they come back and they say, well, we're not going to give you any money. And I'm going like, what? My track record's fantastic. You should be, and I've made you so much money in the past. And they go, no, we're not going to give you any money. I'm going like, why not? And they said, because your track record is too highly correlated with Lewis Bacon. Now, for the Another very, they, very oh, famous trader. Exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. know Lewis Bacon, but I'm going like, wouldn't you want to have two Lewis Bacons? In? No, we've already got one. So they wouldn't give me money the third time. And I'm going like, if I'm going to be rejected, 
I'd rather be rejected for, for somebody telling me I'm too highly correlated with one of the greatest traders of all time. Yeah, it's a great compliment to actually be, to be <laughs> rejected on a success so high that you can't even tie that up. You can't even make sense of that. One of the great things about that story is uh, I think it's just a, a life lesson that at the highest levels of intelligence, there can be, which these people were, Amos Hotsetter was one of the founders of Commodities Corp, a brilliant man, that even at the highest levels of intellect, 160 IQ, that there can still be no explaining idiocy. And that, that was a move of idiocy to, to move you aside. <laughs> probably they didn't want to offend Bacon. Bacon probably just didn't want to have anyone uh, doing as well as him. He, I, I'm just guessing, and I'm not, I'm certainly no not picking on Bacon. I'm not picking on Bacon because he's alive today. And he's a great trader still. He is a great trader. But uh, just further to my point that uh, this guy here, Courtney, we're talking to you today, really an amazing guy, amazing story, also worked for Commodities Corp. Just one other thing regarding him working with Michael Marcus. I happen to know Ed Sakota, who uh, Courtney learned a lot from on systems trading because Sakota was one of the early people, maybe the earliest in computerized trading of systems. I think in, in Donchian, you were, you were very influenced by Donchian channels, were you not? I am. I was. But just getting back to Michael, how big he was. This is the guy who made more money alone at the time he was trading there than the eight or 10 traders who all were great, varying degrees of success, all in the plus zone, all positive ROIs, very aggressive trader and made more money than, than the complete team of people that were there at that time. A very humble guy too. This is not a guy who put his ego out in front of him. They say, check your ego at the door. He never had to check his ego at the door. He just didn't wear an ego. This is an amazing man. Anyway, Courtney worked with all these people. But I want to just really quickly go through the seven books you wrote, and then let's get more to you. Okay, so you wrote Profits to Seasonal Trading. Seasonal trading is what? It's, uh, well, seasonality is when something occurs at the same time each year. So Christmas is a seasonal holiday, for example, but there's also seasonality in prices as well. So obviously something like corn, the price tends to go down during harvest when there is a large quantity, but there's also seasonality in treasury bonds and in the stock market. So we can make money on these broad underlying patterns uh, of behavior in financial markets. Okay, something a little more tricky to understand for the, for the layman, commodity spreads. What are spreads? Because you can spread stocks, you can spread commodities. What is spread trading? Spread trading is simply uh, trading the difference between two things. So, for example, I could buy wheat and sell corn. Or in the stock market, it's called pairs trading. So I buy General Motors and I sell Ford. So if I do a pairs trade, then, uh, and I buy General Motors and sell Ford. Now I don't care where the market goes. I don't care where the auto sector goes. I only care the relative difference between General Motors and Ford stock. So the book I wrote, though, was on commodity spread. So it was all about like wheat, corn, cattle, hogs, that kind of thing. Why does somebody spread trade? Well, first of all, there's a few reasons. Number one, um, it requires very little capital. So if you want to trade futures, I always recommend that people start with $100,000 or a quarter million so they can manage the risk correctly. But with spread trading, I can do that with a few thousand bucks in my account. So it's, quite, it's very low capital intensive. That's one reason. The second thing is you can control the risk very easily. It's very low risk. And sometimes it can be very, very high reward. And the other thing is there's no competition at all. There's nobody in the world, really. Very few people trade spreads. So you have the whole market to yourself. And a lack of competition is always a good thing when you're trying to make money in the markets. 
All right, here's another one. Options. Well, you wrote a book called Options Strategies. So that's the name of the book, but I'm going to put it this way. Options Trading. This is an area that a lot of people start out in and a lot of people lose. I see the risk pretty high there this way in options trading because it is very low. Your risk can be measured up front depending on the type of option you're into. And we'll just talk the basics real quick here. But the reason I say the risk is relatively high is because whatever you spend, whether it's 300, 200, or 1,000 for an options trade, most people lose that 1,000 or that 250 or 300 bucks for various reasons. So even though it's a small amount of loss, the risk reward, I think, tends to be low in options trading. So first, what is options trading and what do you think about what I just said? So options trading is there's these instruments called options. And it's like if you buy an option on a house, you know, you look at that house, it's a million dollars. You don't know if you want to buy it, but you give the owner $10,000 and say, don't sell it to anybody for another month. Well, it's similar in the financial community where I say, well, you know what? I'm interested in buying General Motors stock at $50. I'll pay somebody $2 but they they freeze the price of $50. And if the price of, of General Motors is $60, then I have the right to buy the stock at 50. And then I can sell it in the market for 60 and lock in a nice $10 profit minus the $2 I paid for the option. So I, I get to make money on 100 shares of General Motors, which would normally cost me 5,000 bucks, but I only had to come up with $200 to buy the option. And that's what that really is what attracts people is I come up with a little bit of money, but I get the profit potential from a much larger investment. So it's a, a form of leverage that they get. Now, you're right though. You see, the fact that you can make a lot of money on a little investment attracts millions of people into the option market. And um, there's an old saying that the market will do what it has to do to screw you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we used to say, uh, Courtney and I and, and Michael, uh, who I was, I'm also friends with, we used to say that the market is designed to inflict the most amount of pain for the least amount of reward. But there's a big caveat to that. And the well, caveat, so of course, yeah, so go ahead. Buyers of options tend to, well, first of all, 90% of options traders lose money, period. What happens is, is that their psychology is wrong. They don't understand the mathematics of it. They don't really understand what's going on at all, but they're attracted by the greed. And then they get involved and they buy a call option or a put option, and then they lose money. And that just happens over and over and over again. I think that's what uh, tricks people to getting into that is they see on paper the low risk then they put their low risk money down looking for a high reward for various reasons. And that's an area I really want to get into is the psychology of trading because it's usually if you have a good system and Courtney has many, 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 many good uh, systems that, that anyone can use and I have used to, uh, to trade the markets. And the idea behind these systems is first they're good. I'm going to call them algorithms for want of a better term, unless that is the right term. Usually it's a psychology that screws people that causes them a problem if they're doing everything right. The last book that I know of, there may be others, is Forex Trading, a guaranteed income for life. Tell us what is the difference between all of these things? The foreign exchange is, is really, in many respects, the largest market in the world. Uh, because we trade billions and billions of, actually trillions of dollars every day of foreign exchange. So that would be, if you're going to go on a vacation to Europe, you're going to buy euros and sell dollars. Well, that's a foreign exchange transaction. But of course, 
if Toyota is shipping cars to the United States, they have to swap yen for dollars and dollars for yen. So it's a huge, 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 huge market. And also it's very seductive because it has very high leverage. So for example, I trade foreign exchange with 200 to one leverage. So if I post $1,000, I get to control $200,000 with a foreign exchange. So that also sucks in a lot of people. And guess what? 90% of those people lose money as well. You see what I'm saying? I do. All right. I now, do. But what's the difference? Uh, people ask me, they say, well, Courtney, do you, you, you trade stocks, you trade futures, you trade Forex, you trade options. What are you? And I say, I'm a trading slut. I'll trade anything, <laughs> anywhere, anytime. Okay. I don't care. And the simple reason is, Craig, is because I think that underlying all of them, they're all the same. And it ties back to something you just said. The intellectual skills of trading are trivial. No matter what you do for a living, it's harder intellectually than what I do for a living. But the psychology of trading is yeah. very hard. You, the listener, I don't know what you do for a living, but psychologically, it's easier than what I do for a living. But intellectually, what you do is much harder. And it's the psychology that really screws people up. So I just look at everything exactly the same. Yes, there are some differences, but the underlying principles of trading anything are the same because all markets, whether it's financial markets or real estate market or anything, it's all psychology. It's human psychology, only it's in dollars and cents. So there's a great author out there, and his name is Bill Bryson. He writes books I love. One of them is called A Walk in the Woods. Hilarious and great book. One of my favorite books by him is A Short History of Nearly Everything. And it just covers a whole bunch of different topics of things that this guy was interested in, wanted to learn more about. Some of them are very sophisticated, like astrophysics. Well, how do you write a book about or a chapter on astrophysics and make it interesting to you and I? Well, he has this brilliant way of distilling it down into layman terms. First, he goes out and seeks all the experts on the subject, all the uh, great philosophers, all the great physicists, astrophysicists in the world. And then is he's able to distill that down into teachable stuff. First of all, that's something you do really well. I put you on that level. You're very knowledgeable, sophisticated, uh, academic. So you're both a formal and practical trader. So in other words, you've got them both. You've got the actual skill set of being a great trader, and you've got the great academics to be able to teach at a very, very high level and take that stuff and distill it down into language that the layman or the neophyte can understand, which is why your uh, schools are so good. Quick side note here. I did a little research just to see what the satisfaction rate was on you. And I hit a, a website called Gumshoe Stock Trading, something like that. People were just raving about your ability to teach and get them to understand the complexities of the market. And what they actually learn is that at the end of the day, gee, it's not as complex as they thought it was. It's just that it always sounds that way. But once you learn it, once you get into it, you realize that the academics, well, they'll take you somewhere. Some of this stuff is hard to learn. You'd have to go all the way down the hard road here. But the fact of the matter is once you got that down, it's the psychology, which I'm dying to come back to. But just yep. to drill further into my analogy here with all these different ways to trade, come out of these spreads, seasonality, forex trading, options trading. You're like an IMer in swimming. Everybody knows my background is swimming. I chose the sprints because it's just down and back. I wanted the simple <laughs> stuff and I wanted to put my energy in there and then get out of the water. But then there are like really talented athletes who have this great endurance and I call them the masters of swimming. Michael Phelps is among that crowd. There are other people you wouldn't know that guy named Jesse Fasayo, another phenomenally talented 400 IMer like Phelps. That's an event 
with multiple strokes and they're all difficult and the transitions are difficult and the strokes are difficult to learn. To me, it's the creme de la creme of all swimming. That's sort of what you are. You've got all these skill sets that you can teach people. You've got this great background and this great knowledge. You're not just a sprinter like me going down and back. You've really got the fullness of the totality of what it means, I think, to be a trader. And that's what makes you so great. Your personality is really what makes it all great. But when you combine who you are as an individual with what you know, it's a completely different thing. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You've known me for a couple decades now, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, longer. (laughs) (laughs) People may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or talk to you about your program. Is the best way to get you at CourtneySmith.com? Yep, that'll do it. CourtneySmith.com. C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-S-M-I-T-H.com. Perfect. Yeah, look, at Courtney's happy to talk to anybody, uh, help them out, answer questions, and uh, you should check in with him. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening in. And that's it with episode one. Stand by for episode two coming shortly. You've been listening to the Who Are You podcast, brought to you by Biotropic Labs, sports performance supplements for people who move. Join us next time for another edition of the Who Are You podcast.